Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Welcome back, everyone, to Unlocking Your World of Creativity. I'm Mark Stinson, and this is the podcast where we go around the world to talk to creativity experts about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and most of all, how they make the connections and get the confidence to get their work up and out into the world. And I'm so pleased today to talk to a creative person who has this nice blend of the left brain and right brain that feeds her creativity. Uh, a medical background and studies in medicine and healthcare and public health, now expressing all that energy and creativity and acting and writing and coaching others in creativity. And my guest is Yiqing Zhao. Yiqing, glad Hi, to have you on the program. Thank you. I'm so glad to join you today. And what a creative spirit Yi Ching is. And we're, we're just going to dive into all angles. She also publishes quite frequently blogs and articles. But I guess I'd like to start Yi Ching and you know, what you're doing now and how you're expressing your creativity these days. So what I'm currently working on is a feature film, a feature film script about this family of three generations of Chinese immigrant women trying to achieve self-actualization here in the U.S., but then the pandemic happens and everything's taken away. So they have to struggle to find themselves on a new ground. Um, so that's what I've been working on. I was like doing the beats and, you know, doing the board before actually write, uh, start the writing process, because I think it's really important to plan the story so that you can go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what, what about your background and your cultural history feeds that kind of a story? What, what inspired that topic? It's actually very primal and very personal. So last year, I wrote a full-length play about a Chinese-American adoptee, and we had a Zoom reading about it. But honestly, that came from my own childhood issues, you know, with family, because I'm the only child of my parents, and now I'm just thousands of miles away from them. And you can expect there's the mismatched expectations and, you know, emotional, there's some codependent issues there. So I really just tapped into those things. And that's how I got the idea for my feature script as well. But this one focuses more on the mother-daughter relationship, like the mother-daughter and then grandma-granddaughter relationship. Or the, my play, the play that's already written, is more on the um, child and both parents, but especially more on the father side. So I'm really just tackling all kinds of family issues, my own insecurity, my childhood trauma, everything. It's I think that's where my artwork is, is that I know this is a safe place for me to express because this is the only place I have to let these wounds, to show these wounds so I can, you know, make something of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and Yi Ching, I can't help but wonder, maybe this is just a good time to jump into it, that as you're pursuing your creative arts now in acting and writing, but I couldn't help but wonder if your academic pursuits in medicine and, you know, and then coming to the States to study public health. What, was that a something your parents, you know, wanted you to do, encouraged you, drove you? It's like, we really want you to be a doctor or we want you to be in medicine. And then how did they feel about you pursuing more the creative side of life? Oh, that's a good question. And so I just... Um, I have a bachelor's in basic medical sciences um, in Fudan University in China, but that was in college and I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I just, I, I got in 
and it was a great it was it was a great program it's a great university and i was just beyond thrilled to to get into the program so i did and then it was a five year program you know so you started to figure out like what exactly you want but then you don't know you're not sure and then i got the scholarship to go to johns hopkins and again it was a great program and i got a lot of money to go there so i was beyond thrilled to go there because a lot of things it's just like oh this comes my way so i might just as well take it that that was the my where my mind was at that point because i didn't know what i wanted so i got into johns hopkins i started my program and then i got my first acting job like a real paid theater acting job and then i was like oh this is what it is i had no idea but that was something that i pursued on purpose because i was sending out unsolicited emails don't do that but anyway <laughs> i was doing that that was how i got my first acting job so my parents were of course they were not happy but at first they didn't think i could make it they were just thinking oh yeah you got lucky you got this gig yeah, and it pays a, hundred, a couple hundred dollars so you do it you do your thing and then you go back to school and get a job but then when you do one thing and you know that was created by your intention that's where you wanted to go it was not presented to you because you got lucky it was a conscious choice and then once you know that you can make more conscious choices towards that direction to have momentum so that's what i did and then they start to to see that oh it's a thing like it's not just you know yeah, you can actually do this <laughs> exactly so they got scared but i think that's where a lot of people the especially for us creative people is that we see something coming and we're not so used to it because it's new but then the momentum is starting to build and we got cold feet or we got you know that's how we self sabotage is because we can't tolerate the success so that's what my parents were thinking they were just freaked out they they just uh, my dad was like super mad at me and we had a big fight and and i think that's the thing about being an only child is that you fight with your parents but then you know that they only have you and they love you no matter what so mm -hmm. i just did my thing there you go yeah. Well, and you, you must work with a lot of other people who are, I, I guess, carrying these dual life, you know, mentalities, because it, it's not well accepted that you can make a profession, you know, in, in creativity, whether it's acting, singing, writing. So it's not always embraced. And so are, are a lot of people in your circle in that same conflict? Most people in my circle somehow um, either they come from a artistic background. For example, they have a BFA in musical theater, mm -hmm. right? And then that's just like, oh, I know I'm supposed to do this. Um, or others come from another background, a similar academic background like me. Um, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your choice. And you see where you're going based on the momentum that you're building or you can choose to go for a different direction like i got into acting first and writing later but then when i looked back because i published my first piece of writing and made my first paycheck of my life when i was seven years old but that was done in chinese of course so when you started to make dot to connect dots 
then you will see, oh, that is also a direction that I could possibly go. So you can pick that up. So I would say it's getting, it's actually very common. Um, it's just every creative, we share a lot of similar things in our minds, but we're also just so vastly different. And you just have to trust yourself. Even if you see people like you that they're doing it, but don't try to replicate people's paths because, you know, it, it's not just just go with your go with whatever you have in your guts and mm -hmm. then use that as a direction for your choices. Yeah, it's so interesting, you know, when you talk about this following your gut, you, you actually try to uh, explain intuition uh, and, and teach people how to embrace that gut feeling. What, what is it that you try to teach us? about intuition? That's so interesting. Uh, I am a big personality test junkie. <laughs> I was obsessed with like MBTI, Enneagram, you know, all kinds of those, um, the, uh, the archetype thing. So I think it, it's really helpful if you don't know it yet. It's really helpful so that you, you know what your personality type is and then you get into, into that. So it helps to sh it helps to it helps you to understand how exactly you as a human being as an instrument as we call it in acting how you as an instrument function so the intuition thing i actually score very very high on introversion and intuition and that has that is something that i did not know but i just always felt was like a sort of like a guiding force and I could remember that I've been using intuition now as I can see it since I was what 10 years old I guess but that was just the thing and it, it manifested in a way that my family saw as rebellion as stubbornness but that that's how it, it manifested is like is like I choose to do my own thing and I just have to go with it no matter what you can you, you have every right to disapprove, but that doesn't stop me from doing right. it. Yeah. It's so interesting that you're, you're a strong eye on this uh, Myers-Briggs. Yeah. How, how does an introvert then become this acting, writing, you know, spirit where you really do want to get your work out? That's a good question. And every time I tell people that I'm a highly introverted person, they were so surprised they're like, no, you're like one of the most extroverted. You seem like one of the most extroverted people I've seen. And I said, here's the thing, you know, when I talk about my art or when I'm actually acting, right, I am not actually me. I am another character, but also there is 50% me and 50% of the character that I'm playing, which is why I feel extremely safe. I feel safe when I talk about my art, when I talk about my creativity, when I talk about my intuition. And that's why that you would assume I am an extroverted person. But it's really because this is my home. This is where my soul resides. So I feel safe. But if I am hanging out with another group of people who want to talk about, you know, Wall Street, stock markets or something like that, and I would completely shut down. So that's how. And act actually a lot of actors are introverts for the same reason is because we don't we feel we just we're just so vulnerable we know we are not perfect a lot of the those issues come from insecurity or we know that we are not perfect and there's this you know 
that kind of energy that, oh, I'm not perfect. And if I just present myself, I might be self-conscious. But if I'm presenting in the voice of my character, if I jump into another person's shoes, that I am so happy to do that. And I feel so safe. And because, you know, your attention is not on me. Your attention is on that other imaginary person that happens to be portrayed by me, but it's not me. So, so I can let that into, yeah, yeah so come good. into play. And, and really telling sort of your story, as you mentioned, this play that you're, you're developing is very primal to you and very personal to you. And yet it's a story. You're not saying this is my experience. You're saying here's a story uh, that can tell that story. Yeah, so good. Well, let's continue uh, where we started a moment ago about your creative process, how you develop the story and how you begin to outline the script and how you begin to write uh, for the stage or the screen? So um, I wrote and produced three short plays before, but those were different because short plays are so much easier to manage in terms of structure. If it's a 10 minute short, you know, I can write it within an hour or two and I'll just play with whatever I have at hand, you know, like improv and writing, you know, improv and acting. But mm -hmm. that was basically what I do with short plays is improv and writing. But with longer ones, you really have to care about the structure because that's just how the stories function. Um, I spent almost a year last year doing my uh, full-length play. And now looking back, it's finished, but I am still tweaking, you know, different uh, parts. Now, as I look back, the reason why it was so painful was because I was working through my own issues, let's say when I was writing it, it was deeply personal, deeply primal. That's a good thing because the more personal it is, the more creative it is. Mm -hmm. But the thing about that is just, you really have to pay attention to the structure because a lot of times, whatever comes from your heart will try to interfere with the structure that you're planning, you know? So I used to hate structure a lot. I felt like it was restricting it was you know not um the most helpful thing with my creativity and it, it was suffocating but now looking back it was just i did a zoom reading of it in december so it's just a couple months looking back i am now in a completely different relationship with structure is that the more planning you're willing to do in terms of your character development in terms of the story structure in the, the board with your scenes when it comes to uh, film script writing, the more you can do that, the more you're willing to do it, the less pain you will experience when you write. So, so that is actually better for your creativity so that you don't have to be, you won't be held back by that pain of unresolved issues because you already can see them beforehand before you start to put your pen on the paper. So I know maybe there are still a lot of young writers, new writers that are resistant to the structure, but honestly, invest in that learning process and invest in just doing it by yourself, no matter how long it takes. Sometimes it takes very long to plan. And that's what most experienced writers do, that they spend a lot of time planning and a short amount of time for like writing bursts. They just <laughs> write it in a very short amount of time so that 
everything can come into place at once and you don't have to think too much about it. But because we've done that advanced planning. Exactly. It, it, it's so interesting you say this. I, I'm mainly nonfiction in my writing, business writing and uh, articles, white papers uh, and some books. But uh, you're absolutely right. I've been working on a paper now for over two months and I probably wrote the first draft, like you said, in an hour or two. But I've been belaboring because I didn't do that advanced planning. I just stream of consciousness onto a piece of paper. And I've been two months now trying to figure out the structure. And so <laughs> if I would have done the advanced uh, planning of the structure, it probably would have gone smoother. Yeah. Yeah. I My last play, I wrote it. Um, I actually finished the first draft last February. I was doing a show. That was my last show before the pandemic. I was doing <laughs> a show in Louisiana and my apartment window was facing this farm. So I was like sitting on the couch every day and write while the horses were running outside of my window. <laughs> So, yeah, so I finished the first draft, but then I was like, oh my gosh, what is it? Like, it's just full of holes, full of, you know, nonsense and everything. So first draft will be like that. But if you have your planning, at least the structure is there that you won't feel so bad about it, even mm -hmm. if the dialogue is bad, yeah. you know? Well, uh, that, that is my home state, Louisiana. I'm so glad you oh, had a chance really? to experience it. I was in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Baton Rouge, went to school there, yeah. lived there. Oh. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so glad you got to go down there. Yeah. Well, as we think about the process then, literally paint the picture for us. When you talk about your board and your structure, are you physically writing? Are you typing? Are you putting index cards, you know, out? Uh, paint the picture for us of your actual process. I like scratch papers a lot. I also like those color pencils and cardboard boxes and, you know, those cards that you can get from Staples. Um, I got like a hundred of them. They come in different colors and I would just pick whatever. I also write my affirmation on, on them. I write my affirmations in all capitals and then, you know, just put them in my desk in a little drawer under my desk so mm -hmm. that I can take them out. I think um, I am not the most visual person in the world. I'm more on the kinesthetic side, meaning, you know, it's a feeling it's the experience, not necessarily visual, but it definitely helps to have something on paper so that I can feel the texture. You know, like I need to feel the texture. That's why the, those cardboard boxes and, you know, those things, because it's the texture. Mm -hmm. I like scratch papers also because I like them to keep them loose so I can do whatever I want with them. Mm -hmm. Um I like to keep things messy. I use highlighters. Um, you know, like the, I actually was writing down something I can show you. I was just like writing and then I have this podcast with Mark, you know, like <laughs> I, I would just do that. So I always, a trick that I found to be very useful is that have multiple um, markers or highlighters. And as you do your journal, or, you know, whatever kind of writing that is just, you know, freestyle writing. If you have something that's, that's a jewel, that's gold in show, that shows up in your writing, grab that highlighter or marker and circle it like right away if you really like it, because otherwise it gets lost. Like I journal every day and I have like a few books of, of yes. journals, uh, right? Then, sooner yeah. or later, all the words look the same. 
like you exactly said. Uh -huh. exactly and you won't waste your time looking back to you know so i would just circle them or fold the page of paper or you know um and i also use a lot of post-its post-its definitely post-its i used to before i moved to jersey city i used to have this wall of post-its i would write whatever comes to my mind if i watch a movie and there's this one line that really strikes me i would just write it down and post it on the wall mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter it can be as messy it, as as it is but then that is like a place for you to store your ideas and i still have them i just you know pasted them onto this one piece of paper but i'm still keeping them I feel like that is like a sacred, safe place to store your soul. That's how I see this whole process is to store the sparks of your mind and soul. And you just give them a shelter there. That's like the shelter mm -hmm. of those sparks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you speaking of some of these uh, techniques and rituals, do, do you have any daily practices that, you know, do feed your soul or that restore you or give you rest and mindfulness? What, what sort of things do you do on a daily basis to keep your mind prepared for creativity? Besides journaling, you mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, I, I journal um, and I write on Medium. I just mm -hmm. that was something that I started recently because honestly, my mind is always like a jungle. And if I don't write, it's just too much going on here. Even if I am mindful, like even if, because if I want to dig deep into one thing, I just have to write it down. So that's what I do. Another thing, oh, I do yoga. It's mm -hmm. very helpful for acting and for writing um, it, because it's about the mind-body connection so that you are, and you feel better when you physically feel better, your creativity will flow by itself. Um, another thing is food, I would say. Food and music, I believe food and music are the two key things that bring every person, all kinds of people, no matter your, your ethnicity, your, what you do, it brings everyone together. That's great. So that's what I do on a daily basis to make sure I eat healthy, nutritious and delicious food. Make sure that I always have like those relaxing um, music on the background. I have a little speaker and I play music with that, especially when I write. It really helps me to, to, to it grounds me down um, and it calms me to slow down my mind. Mm. Um, and another thing is that I have to, it's very funny that I, I am now sitting um, in my kitchen. This is, the, this is the bar. I have an open kitchen. This is the bar. I'm sitting on a bar stool, right? So this is a space where I can write. And then I have a desk over there and I can write over there. And then I have a yoga mat here on the floor. And sometimes I do that on the floor. So it really depends on which spot I'm writing at, you know? Mm -hmm. Makes it, sense. Uh, right. And there's my bed. I sometimes write on my bed. So it's like a different physical places in your room that helps you feel, gives you a different energy. And then you just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if and I like you to, say yeah. that mind body connection. Yeah, but but it's so interesting. You're describing that th these places we do find ourselves. It's like, well, I'm really creative in this way here, but I'm also creative in another way over there. You know, so we move around, don't we? Yeah, we move around. And I feel sometimes also the clothes you're wearing plays a like I said, I'm kinesthetic. 
right? So when I think about my closet, it, most people would think about their closet, they would just have this image of the clothes. For me, it's not just the image. It's also about how each piece of clothing feels on my body. So that makes a big difference. You know, if I want to feel this way, I would put on this kind of clothes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's a good thing about being a woman is that we, we, we are just so entitled to well, and so many clothes. reasons to pick out an outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have one reason. <laughs> cover up. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Well, my guest is Yi Ching Zhao. And before I close, Yi Ching, I want to be sure that people know where to connect with you and read more about your work. Where can we yeah. find you? Um, I have a website that is www.yiqingzhao.com. Um, and there's my coaching page. And there's my Medium page. Um, if you hop on Medium, just type my name, Yiqing Zhao, Y-I-Q-I-N-G-Z-H-A-O. And also you can email me. I love answering emails. Um, that is Y-I-Q-I-N-G-Z-H-A-O, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G at gmail.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, and going back to this uh, introvert and extrovert, uh, even how we connected, Yi Ching, uh, people often ask me, where do you get the guests for your podcast or all these people that you know? And it's like, well, after 150 interviews, no, absolutely. These are not people. These are people I want to know. And so it was very interesting how we connected. So yeah, I think about the listeners who say, you know, I want to get out there and meet new people and or be on podcasts or do my own podcasts. There's a lot more ways to connect these days, aren't there? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the best thing about living in this age of internet is that everything is within your reach. If you just, you know, tap your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been so great to talk to you. And I wonder what's next for you in terms of, you know, goals and projects and what do you see coming your way down your creative path? I um I have a supporting role in a TV series in two weeks, so I am going to be doing that. I will be playing this ambitious film studio intern, um, pitching film ideas to like the leaders of the team. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I was like talking to the show creator. I was like, I actually do have a film um, script in development. And she said, yeah, 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 do it, like pitch it, like literally pitch it so that you live in that reality. Um, so that is something that um, is happening in two weeks and um, just finish my script by the end of April so that I can start marketing it. I can start, you know, working with people, just let them know about this. I might also hire a more experienced script consultant, script doctor to, to diagnose my, my um, script. Um, yeah, it's just about putting pieces, pieces together and I always generate ideas along the way. So I, I might not have a huge agenda at this moment, but maybe within two days, my calendar is like full. Yes. I just all of a sudden. Because you never this, know. Oh, yeah. So I'm <laughs> well, okay. It's good with that you're process. open to that. Yeah. And, and, and is that what you're looking for? I mean, what, what really lights you up? You know, and uh, I, I've read many of your articles on Medium and some of your blogs. Uh, you know, what, what really uh, inspires your creativity? I think first and foremost, like you mentioned, the, the happiness and liveness thing is that you need to be alive. 
you can't always be happy. I was just going to say that be happy, but honestly, that's not possible 24-7. Nobody can be happy all the time. So just always be alive. Like even if you feel like I got my vaccine shot, first dose of vaccine on Sunday, right? And I, I was, oh, my arm was so sore. I was, it just feel those feelings. It just embrace all that and see how it takes you throughout the day whatever it leads you to do. Like I was just reading a lot because I did not have too much energy to do much talking or social networking. I was just reading a lot and, you know, doing all kinds of planning and then that's fine, you know? And then there will be days when you feel super energetic and you just need to do a bunch of networking or, you know, and that's also fine. I think it's just really about tapping into the energy and just be fully aware of where that energy is taking you. And I'm not saying, I always say that surrender is a big part of creativity is that you don't fight. Hmm. You accept and you surrender and you just let it take wherever you are. But then also I understand that all artists are entrepreneurs and as, as entrepreneurs, we have to make things happen. So if that's the case, if I need to get this done by this time, like I said, my relationship with food, right? Then I would be really careful of what I eat. I probably will eat more protein, especially for breakfast. So I have that extra boost of energy for me to get through the day. But if I'm like, oh, today is my creativity day. I need to, I need to have that slow flow of, you know, creativity. And it has to be a consistent flow that is not too much energy or, then I would say, oh, I probably will eat some oatmeal because it's more like the slow release of energy. It's not like two eggs and bacon. That's, ooh, yeah. tons of protein. So I, I pay attention to that as well. I think it's just really about tapping into your feelings and then let it take you and just embrace whatever you have because you might not get 100% of what you want right now of the thing that you want to do. And it's okay. Nobody, n- nobody is perfect as long as you don't turn them away and you keep note with whatever you have at this moment. And then sometimes this will show up for your project later or for another thing that you you can start making connections. So just don't turn them away, just, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you have, but then always know that you're doing this thing that is good for you at that moment. Uh, Such helpful and uh, good insight. Really appreciate that. Well, my guest has been Yi Ching Zhao. And Yi Ching, as I was thinking about the the role you're going to play as this uh, ambitious TV show intern, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm about to interview a TV producer and creator of uh, a number of different TV shows. What what questions should I ask as you prepare for this role and you want to learn about what it's like to pitch shows to a producer? Uh, what would you like to know from this next guest? Maybe I should ask him. Oh yeah, um, I would say. How, how does it work? I know it sounds stupid, but honestly, like, how does it work? You know, how do you know? Because you, because you're just the person listening to those pitches, right? Like, how do you know that is a good one? What's your criterion for, for deciding which one is good and which one is not? I think that's, you know, like it's the same thing with casting. It's like everything is so random and mm-hmm. it's like putting together a giant, a piece of puzzle. I have never been on that 
um, side of the table. So I honestly don't know. At this point, I'm just okay with myself not knowing what exactly is going to happen, but I'm still doing my thing anyway. But it would be great to tap into their brains and see, oh, what made you make this decision at that moment? <laughs> I love that the, there may be some criteria, you know, a true checklist, but yeah. what if their intuition, you know, what if they're feeling, it just, I knew it was right. I had a tactile kind of a feel. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to hear. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to bring it up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. it. Well, listeners, thanks for coming by our podcast and enjoying. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Yi Ching Zhao as much as I did. And be sure to visit her website. And as she said, it's Yi Ching Zhao, Y I Q I N G Z H A O dot com. All right, listeners, come back again for our next episode. We'll continue our virtual trip around the world to talk to creative experts about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the connections and the confidence to get their work up and out into the world. Until next time, I'm Mark Stenson. This is Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and we'll see you next time. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book. 